We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome back to another episode of the Butting Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Rivero. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it is Tuesday. It's the middle of the June, which sounds insane, but we're theoretically two months away from football, if it happens. Well, Steve, at this point, I'm expecting to see football before I do baseball. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bring on the football, man. Which is nuts, man. My God, what a what a disaster for for baseball. I don't think I don't think they're gonna have a season. No, no, it doesn't seem like it, and it, it's a shame because it's just petty, really. But uh, that's another topic. Yeah, yeah. I, with football, I think you know, even if there are no fans, I you gotta imagine more of football's remedy revenue comes from the tv money than baseball does right because i mean baseball you're getting 80 home games football you get eight so it's you know and they make i mean it's it i would guess if you put every single television property up for sale today the nfl would be the most coveted one. Oh, absolutely 
I, I don't think there's any question about that. There's there's a reason why the NFL is so successful and they only play in 17 weeks in regular season. So, um, yeah, you got to give it up to the NFL for being as successful as they are. But uh, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm still a diehard baseball fan, uh, uh, particularly a Dodger fan. So it, it kind of sucks, though, because the Dodgers had a really great team coming into this. You know, um, they were projected to at least be in in favor of you know making the world series and the fact that it might not even have a season that's just disheartening yeah it's it's a mess there man i don't it's gonna be weird like if if there's hockey in august and not baseball <laughs> it's just a, what a fucking world we live in uh well we got we got Bram Swires cam da silva coming on the pod today johnny i just wrapped our interview with him it was a good interview uh, we definitely recommend you stay for it, I would hope, since we're <laughs> three minutes into the podcast and you're here. But before before we get into Cam, we do got to give a shout-out to our giveaway. It's still happening. We are giving away a Rams customized jersey. We're at 194 reviews on Apple Podcasts, so six more reviews, and we will pick a winner for that jersey. Uh, you could get a player you want. You get a customized jersey. Any jersey color, any jersey, you know, size or era, you can get the old Rams jersey. Shit, you can get the navy and blue one, if the navy and gold one, if you really want that for some reason. But all you got to do to be entered in this, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, send a screenshot of the review to you know any of us. You can send it to me at Twitter at C Ribeiro. You can send it to Ramstalk nineteen forty five at gmail dot com. You can message Ramstalk on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, just so we know who's entering. So we can, uh, you know, know who's entering the sweepstakes and make sure that you are signed up for this giveaway. So <laughs> we're really excited to to finally get that done, Johnny. If you could pick a jersey of a player, who would you get? I'd have to say number fifty-two, Gomez. Nice, nice. Taking Clay Matthews' number, I see. <laughs> uh no i mean if i had to choose a an actual player probably aaron donald i mean he, he's gonna be one of the greatest you know not even just one of the greatest rams but he's gonna be one of the greatest players of all time so um yeah i gotta go with a ron donald <laughs> i got a uh i got a cooper cup bone jersey uh in route but apparently these things aren't gonna ship for a while they're saying yeah, makes sense given the whole COVID situation. Yeah, it's, yeah. I got to get your take on this before before we switch to Cam. I so a little background on me. Y'all know I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I I collect like obscure NBA jerseys. Uh, I've been trying to buy them lately. I got a whenever they're on clearance. I have a Dwight Howard Hawks jersey. I got a Dwayne Wade Bulls jersey. I got an Isaiah Thomas Cavs jersey. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying putting this collection together, but I don't, I don't usually do it for football, big, not because I really like, I don't wear football jerseys that much. And I, I wear basketball jerseys like to the beach and stuff. Do I go? And if they're still available on clearance, I feel like I have to buy a Clay Matthews Jersey. Like, I feel like that <laughs> needs to be added to my collection, right? You can go Clay Matthews. You can go Joe Namath. 
You can call a couple of players. I know. Joe Namath would be great. But, like, Clay Matthews, it's, like, it's available right now. It's uh, it's $40 off, so it's still 60 bucks. which I don't know if I want to drop 60 bucks on a Clay Matthews jersey. Uh, but, you know, it's sitting <laughs> there. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on it. If it drops any lower than 60 I probably will pull the trigger on this jersey because uh, it is such a ridiculous jersey. Yeah, Namath is the best one, though, for sure, by far. Uh, when I talk to my Jets fans, I refer to him as Hollywood Joe Namath. <laughs> oh man, I bet you get a, a lot of looks on that one. <laughs> all right, you gotta you gotta get them. You gotta get, you gotta get your looks of where you can, man. Uh, but all right, I will pass this over to Cam, uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Severbarrow and at Johnny Five Not Six, and uh, we will be back next week. Uh, I'm just doing the outro here, so I can get right into the interview, but. Uh, we got Cam. Cam's coming on. It was a great interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we are here with Ramswire uh, managing editor Cam De Silva. Cam, you've been on Rams Talk podcast before, but I I think this is your first time on our podcast, Butting Heads. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I've been on with uh, with Derek and them before, but I don't think I've been on with you guys yet. You're on the A team now. <laughs> Uh, the premier Rams talk podcast, according to at least two people. Uh, so <laughs> here we are. Uh, yeah, it's uh, how you doing, man? It's it's June, so we're kind of in the the slog of NFL news. But you know, given the world right now and the the pandemic and everything, it's it's more of an exciting June than usual. Because I mean, like we get to sit here and not only speculate on the season, but speculate if there will be a season and what a season will look like. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, they're talking about trimming the preseason. Uh, apparently, coaches are worried about playing the season at all in in September. So, um, it's a really weird off season. Obviously, not one that any of us have ever been a part of or experienced in our lives. But um, we'll make we'll make the best of what it is, and uh, just hope that there's training camp next month, and then the preseason the the following month. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, we, like you, you've obviously been covering the team pretty in depth over the last couple of years. Like, with what they're rolling out to, like, with what training camp will look like right now, and obviously right now they they are they have four preseason games scheduled. Rumor is it might be trimmed to two, but like even just like starting camp, like compare, like what what are some like big differences you've seen that are like expected to happen with how a training camp and a like a mini camp are going to look like compared to what they usually would. Yeah. I, I mean, the biggest difference right now is that the NFL is limiting teams to um, their primary headquarters, I guess you would say. So um, the Cowboys aren't going to be going to Oxnard. The the Rams are not going to be going to Calhoun or um, UC Irvine. So every team is going to be staying at their regular headquarters. Um, I don't, Cal Lutheran is where the Rams are going to have theirs. I don't know how they're going to, I would imagine they're not going to have fans there considering how quickly that's coming up and, and no other sporting event has fans yet. Um, but that's going to be the biggest difference. And then you got um, concerns about players, uh, some mandates that players have to stay um, far enough apart in the locker rooms, media access, I would imagine is going to be extremely limited and probably not even allow reporters inside locker rooms um, during camp and, and Press conferences are going to be different, maybe um, streaming online like they have been. So there's a lot of big differences that we're going to see this year, um, starting with where training camp is going to be held for the Rams. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see 
how this plays out and and if it plays out. I mean, it's it seems like the mm-hmm. NFL is is full steam ahead on playing at least, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see that. Obviously, the Cowboys and the Texans had some players test positive, and you know you got that's not going to be a thing that doesn't happen during the season. So uh, exactly, team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to be you're going to be battling injuries, and and then you got to worry about players getting coronavirus, where they're going to have to. I don't know how long the NFL would keep them out. I don't know if it's two weeks or what, but um, that has, I mean, you get Jared Goff catching coronavirus, and that can really derail your season if he's out for two, three weeks. So um, that's just another concern that comes with playing the season. Yeah, and and another reason, as as at least on this podcast, we've been saying for months, the Rams need might might want to look into. Addressing that backup quarterback situation a little bit better, <laughs> uh, regardless yeah, does, of does, Bryce, does, does Bryce Perkins and John Walford and Josh Love not give you um, enough confidence that they can come in and start five games in a row if Jared Goff gets hurt? <laughs> I I mean we've I and Johnny I don't know about you I I like Bryce Perkins and and Josh Love quite a bit but no uh, they would give me no confidence in stepping in and contributing this season as a quarterback. Yeah, the, the one thing that does kind of um, make me a little bit okay with their backup situation is McVay's offense and how often he rolls quarterbacks out and uses their mobility or, or at least wants to, um, as we've seen in the past. Um, so I think they could probably make it work with John Walford and, and Perkins a little bit, but um, they haven't played a single NFL snap, which is not ideal. So um, that's, a, that's a weird um, backup quarterback situation that they've got going on. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, and I I gotta imagine, uh, you know, it if knock on wood here something were to happen to Jared Goff and Blake Bortles is still out there as a free agent, I feel like they would up up the ante on what they would pay him yeah. and bring him in. But you know, it's kind of like the thing where and now with Todd Gurley gone, you have a little cap space. Now I wouldn't mind throwing a little a little bit of money what you could at at, at a guy like Bortles who was mm-hmm. here last year. Uh, just so you're safe there, you know, this, I don't know if this is a team that'll like, I don't know if their aspirations are playing in the Super Bowl, but you know, this mm-hmm. is a team that at least, you know, they're going to be pushing for the playoffs with how their roster's built. That's, I've been harping on it for years. That backup quarterback is something they've ignored heavily over the last decade. And mm-hmm. last year was nice to have, you know, it's Blake Bortles, but he's, he's better than what we've had. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, if this team does have Super Bowl aspirations, you gotta you gotta give Cam Newton a look. Um, if if you had to play six games with with a backup quarterback, there are very few guys out there you'd rather do that with than Cam Newton. Um, so I would give him a look if he remains unsigned and his price just keeps dropping. So um, that's someone that I would I would give a, a chance if I was the Rams. Yeah. I now, Steve. Steve, you. You're not giving the Rams enough credit here. You have Sean Mannion in the past. <laughs> and Brandon Allen. And, and Austin Davis. Come on now. We've got I, some real jams there. I did unearth a, t- a take on Twitter, though, for those that didn't see it. But if I needed a quarterback to throw passes for my team, I'm still taking Sean Mannion, who I loathe, over Taysom Hill, who has thrown 13 passes in his career and is a gadget player tight end. And I cannot believe I'm seeing him ranked on quarterback lists, like in the top 40 in the league. But beside the point, uh, <laughs> my, 
Beside the point, I'm with Johnny. you, man. That that Chris Sims list with Taysom Hill there is a joke. <laughs> you cannot make him the 36th best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and and there's guys like, like I don't think Marcus Mariota was on the list. I personally do not think Marcus Mariota is good, but like he's played quarterback in the NFL at like an okay level at times. Mm-hmm. Like Taysom mm-hmm. Hill has all he's done is like run it run the ball a couple times and thrown passes when the other team is expecting runs like it's yeah. it's baffling that people are talking about this guy like he and and the saints keep signing backup quarterbacks so they clearly yeah. don't believe it either like exactly everyone kept making the case that he was the guy and then you see last year they go to teddy teddy bridgewater and i think Taysom hill threw like five passes while breeze was hurt so obviously they don't think he's a franchise franchise quarterback i don't know why people keep talking about him in that light when he's is he 30 yet? I think he's pretty close to 30, if not 30. So let's uh, let's tap the brakes there on that a little bit. Yeah, it's the, – the way people talk about this guy is unbelievable. But yeah. uh, <laughs> to get back to the Rams, there's <laughs> the, – this, this, this preseason, you know, roster-wise and position battle-wise, it, it feels more exciting than years in the past. I mean, last year I feel like the only position battle was – inside linebacker between Micah Kaiser and Bryce Hager, uh, which is not, not exactly what I'd call exciting. But look at, looking at what we have, there's a couple positions that, you know, I don't think the starters are set. What what stands out to you the most as the most interesting position battles going into training camp? So I think the most interesting is going to be um, at linebacker, both inside and outside. Um, you have Kaiser, who's probably kind of the lead guy to, to replace Corey Littleton, as the the primary inside linebacker, you got Traven Howard, who I'm intrigued by. He can kind of be your coverage linebacker, um, someone that as long as he gets covered, he, he gets uh, his defensive linemen cover up the blockers, and he can kind of roam in the in the middle of the field. I think he could be a productive player. Um, and then at outside linebacker, you have a whole bunch of guys. Um, assuming that Leonard Floyd starts, which he's going to because of that contract he got. But you got Ebukam, you got Okoronkwo, Terrell Lewis. Um, even Jachi, Jakai Polite, I think is how you pronounce it. But yeah. um, all those guys are going to compete for a starting job on the other side. Um, and I mean, outside of Polite, who I don't really think has a very high ceiling right now, um, those guys are all pretty athletic. They're all um, solid pass rushers who, if given the opportunity, I think they can kind of um, show a little bit, a little bit um, opposite Leonard Floyd, especially Okoronkwo. I think he's going to. He's going to be a really good, even if he's just a pass rush specialist in the beginning, I think he's going to be a quality outside linebacker as long as he kind of fits the mold of what Brandon Staley wants, which um, looking at things and how he prioritizes length in his outside linebackers, Okoronko might not be what they're looking for, but um, his pass rush technique and, and repertoire is going to be hard to ignore. Yeah. Okoronko is definitely interesting because he's, you know, we, I think we're all really high on him when they drafted him. And then obviously Mm -hmm. injuries played a case and him not playing. And then last year he dealt with some injuries again and then got buried. But it's, you're, you're a believer in him. You think he, I mean, I think if he could contribute as just a pass rushing specialist, that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't need this Mm -hmm. guy to be an every down player, but like you can get something like that out of him. I would, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think he showed flashes of that last season a little bit too. Um, even though he played limited snaps, you could see kind of his get off off the line of scrimmage and um, his pass rush moves when he was engaging with blockers. And 
Um, I, I mean, I know it, he's mostly hype right now, but I still like his skill set and, um, and his fit in the offense as kind of that weak side linebacker. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him contribute. You mentioned inside linebacker too. I think both of me, Johnny and I, but probably I feel like me more aggressively. I, I have not been thrilled that they didn't address this position like at all. Uh, in mm-hmm. they 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 took a seventh round pick and some undrafted guys, but more or less it's the same group as last year without mm-hmm. Corey Littleton, who was like the only good one last year. I, I'm like, how how do you feel that like a how this unit looks and b like even if they're not that great, like will it even really have that much effect on on the team if like this unit performs at like bottom five level? Yeah, see, that's that's the thing with this position. It's kind of the, the Rams really showed that they don't prioritize it. Um, they got away with basically playing one linebacker all of last year with Corey Littleton. I know Troy Reader played a lot, but he was barely on the field. They used Marquis Christian and Taylor Rapp and um, their safeties more often in these kind of nickel and dime packages um, or big nickel and dime packages. Um, so it, it's really not a high priority position for them obviously I thought maybe that was more of just Wade Phillips' scheme um, but with Brandon Stanley there it doesn't seem like he really prioritizes it either um, they just re- they really need a decent run stopper um, to kind of fill the gaps that are left by the, the defensive line which right now on paper looks phenomenal with Robinson and Brockers and Donald and um, even Joseph Day and Greg Gaines are kind of being pushed aside now and they're decent players um, so they're kind of betting on that defensive line, just doing a lot, um, up front and then kind of these linebackers to make plays and not have to always shed blocks and, and, uh, fight to get to the ball carrier. But, um, I was shocked that they kind of ignored it essentially. Um, I would have made it a little bit more of a priority, but, um, I think they can get away with the group that they have, especially with, um, how many safeties they have now. And, and Taylor Rapp is essentially, he can play linebackers, so um, they'll get away with it. I'm just, I'm hopeful that it doesn't really just break the defense completely. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd agree that it's, it, while it's, I'm not thrilled that they didn't address it at all, and given the money they injected into this defensive line in the offseason, you know, they definitely could have kept Corey Littleton at his price tag if if he was willing to come mm-hmm. back. Like that, that money was there, and they chose not to spend mm-hmm. it. Which we'll see if it was the right call. Maybe it was, but uh, yeah, it, without him, I think they're gonna, like you mentioned, Taylor Rapp, and they're gonna play a lot of. I feel like they'll play a lot of safeties in the box, like they always have, and we'll see mm-hmm. how we'll see how it looks. I'm I'm not optimistic about the guys that we have, but I'm optimistic that given how good the secondary and the D line should be, it it'll it'll live. Johnny, was there any positions you wanted to hit here? Um, just a couple of questions uh, regarding inside linebacker. Uh, Troy Reader was was a name we mentioned, uh, and a couple of other guys, uh, guys like Clay Johnston, would probably be figured into the mold as well. Do you see them even really remotely looking at them uh, often, or do you think they'll continue to do the safety package? Yeah, I, I think it'll still be more of a safety package. Um, Reader is not someone who really played well last season when he did get opportunities. Um, I just don't think he really fits the mold of today's linebacker really well. Um, he's not great in coverage. Um, Clay Johnston is another guy who is really a run defender. 
Um, he showed that at, at Baylor. And I mean, he, he's more athletic than he gets credit for. And you kind of see his highlights and he, he gets to the ball pretty quickly and he shows good um, pursuit and, and things like that. So um, assuming he's healthy coming back from that torn ACL, he could, uh, he could get opportunities. You never, it's really just a competition. So you never know. Um, I think he'll really start on special teams and contribute there. And then maybe as the season goes on, he gets an opportunity on defense, but um, it, it's an interesting group that has a lot of um, really just unknowns. Really know what you're going to get from any of these guys. Okay. I have uh, one more question kind of shifting over to offense now. Uh, so Steve and I have been kind of speculating on the offensive line as a whole. I mean, other than, say, Andrew Whitworth, there's really no set starting starter. I mean, you, you can make an argument for Blythe, but even then, like, there seems to be a fixation with uh, Brian Allen, so there's that as well. Um, but particularly what's intriguing me is the potential battle between Rob Havenstein and um, uh, Bobby Evans. It, do you think there's mm -hmm. a real competition there or do you think um, the Rams are just going to roll with Havenstein? So I, I, I'm of the mind that I think they're going to end up with Havenstein just because of the money that he's making. Um, if they get to camp and if they print, play in the preseason and he's just terrible, um, I think you could see them try to trade him and then roll with Bobby Evans. Um, Evans got a lot of praise and, and compliments from fans last season when he was playing because he wasn't a complete disaster um, like Havenstein was, but he also got a lot of help from the guard. He also had tight ends next to him all the time, helping him with blockers. And um, I, I know he, on paper, it looked like he performed well against Khalil Mack. I don't think Mack had a game, uh, had a sack in that game, but he was always getting help from either his running back, his guard or, or, uh, or the tight end on the edge. So, um, he still has a lot to prove in the NFL. I'm intrigued by his his potential, but um, I think if you get the 2018 version of Havenstein, you absolutely have to roll with him. And I think for next season, you have to bet that he's going to get back to that level of play because you're paying him more than $8 million a year. Um, and, and he really was one of the top right tackles in 2018. So you got to hope that he can get back to that level of play and then um, go from there with Bobby Evans maybe being a swing tackle. <laughs> uh, I'd absolutely love him to return to that. It's funny you mentioned the the Bears game too, because I feel like it's kind of like like if if you're planning on eating, if if you want to like I, this is gonna be ridiculous in alley, but like going from <laughs> Havenstein to Bobby Evans, like the expectations were so low. It's like if you open your fridge after like three weeks and expecting everything to be like smelly and spoiled, but then you open it and it's just it doesn't smell. You're not going to eat it, but, like, it doesn't kill you. You don't have to clean up anything. Like, I feel like that's how Bobby Evans was in that game. He didn't ruin anything. Uh, the, Khalil Mack didn't have any sacks, and I, we were all expecting Jared Goff to, like, die that game given mm -hmm. what, <laughs> given the buildup. So it was like, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I like Evans quite a bit. There's, there's obviously work to be done there, but the ideal situation is Havenstein bounces back to at least like 80% of what he was. And then maybe there's an opportunity for Evans in the interior spots, maybe competing with Austin Corbett for a spot. But uh, the best case scenario is if Havenstein just rebounds, which is possible. It's definitely yep. possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely the best case scenario. And then you can kind of just figure it out with Evans, whether it's a guard, whether he's the swing tackle, whether he replaces Whitworth in a year or two at left tackle. 
Um, it gives you options, which I guess is a nice thing that they have with these young offensive linemen. Yeah, it's... Com- <laughs> Com- comparing uh, Bobby Evans to potentially soiled food. I love it. <laughs> I got I, I got to keep it on brand here. Uh, Cam, we'd, we'd be remiss if we had you on and didn't talk about Jared Goff, which it seems like is always a hot topic every week with how he's looking. Now, like over the past week, it's 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 hard to like look at like real takes about him because you'll see like Chris Sims putting him as the twenty fourth best quarterback in the league, which just feels like nonsensical. But then I'll see Rams fans like pointing to throws he made in the Vikings game two years ago and being like, "This is our guy. Like he's one of the best young QBs in the league. Like don't worry about the haters." There's a lot of like to me, it feels like people are blowing out of proportion. Like a how bad he was, or b like how easily you should brush off last season. But I'm curious, like, where where you stand on, on Jared Goff going into 2020? Yeah, he's an interesting uh, quarterback right now because he was so good in 2018 for the, the majority of the season until that bye week after the Chiefs game. He, he was legitimately an MVP candidate, and I, I wouldn't have argued with him winning the award had he kept up his pace. Um, but then last year, obviously, the offensive line fell apart. Gurley wasn't great. Cooks missed time. Robert Woods missed the game. It was just not an ideal situation for him. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of a balance of, okay, he's obviously your franchise quarterback, and if you want him to be as good as you're paying him to be, he has to elevate everyone else and, and really still be decent with a bad situation. Um, he was in an ideal situation in 2017 and 2018, and he looked great. And I don't think that's a coincidence, but he didn't really make anyone around him better last year. He didn't carry the offense per se. Um, I know they put a lot of the weight on his shoulders last year with Gurley basically, um, being a shell of himself. But, um, I, I wanted to see more from Goff, even as the offensive line was terrible. Um, I wanted to see more of him. I still think he can be a really good quarterback just because we've seen so many good performances from him against the Chiefs, against the Vikings, like you mentioned. Um, so I think right now he's kind of in the middle of that and what he was last year. Um, and hopefully if we get the Rams offensive line improving a little bit next season, um, he'll get back to that 2018 level. But um, he just feels like a guy who's going to throw 25 touchdowns and 12, 15 interceptions and kind of be that middle middle of the road guy um, unless everything around him improves greatly. And um, I mean, he has plenty of receivers. The running back core looks decent right now. It's just the offensive line needs to improve and, and give him some time in the pocket. And then we'll see him really pick apart these defenses, hopefully. But um, as it stands right now, he just seems like a kind of middle of the road, 15, 16 best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, and honestly, if he could perform consistently at, you know, around the 15 level uh, with occasionally jumping up and looking like a top 7-8 quarterback, I, mm-hmm. I'd be fine with it. The The things you mentioned were, I think, things we, we harped on last year. Like, he, yes, the, the team around him was bad. The offensive line was bad. The, the running game was bad. But when you're talking about a guy who you made the financial investment in, like you did with Goff, you know, mm-hmm. you can't blame all your problems on the offensive line. He he did nothing on his end to really adjust and and play better. Uh, he avoided a lot of sacks, which is I, I think a credit to him. He's getting the ball mm-hmm. out quicker, but you know he missed a lot of throws. And you, I can understand like 
you know, dipping a little bit, but you got to be able to make those throws when they open up and when things go your way mm-hmm. rather than kind of playing rattled. And uh, I, I feel like in a way he did last year and hopefully it's a learning experience for everybody involved, but we'll, we'll see. It's, I, I think it will be. And I think he'll bounce back. And I mean, if he could be like for his career between 10 and 15, 15th best quarterback in the league, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league and you can win with the someone in that range for sure. If the rest of your team is firing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be someone like Russell Wilson, who's just going to mask the the rest of the offense's issues. But I think in a, in a, with a decent offensive line, he's going to be top 15 quarterback in the league. And I think Rams fans should be fine with that. Even, even though he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Um, if you get that type of play between top 15 and top seven, like you said, um, I think that's going to be a, a good situation for the Rams and they'll be in contention as long as he's around that level because they do have talent on offense. And I know the defense got picked apart um, this offseason with so many changes, but they still do have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So um, that defense should be solid, at least above average with those two guys. Right. The, there's a lot. There's still a lot to like on that defense, even though we, we took a couple hits. And I know Johnny was was curious about this. The there hasn't been a lot of movement on the front of signing rookies. Uh, is that is that anything that should be alarming for anyone? No, not at all. Um, the Rams usually take a while to sign their rookies. Um, I think what they did last year was um, instead of a rookie mini camp, they really just put these rookies through kind of classroom work where. They're teaching them about finances and all this money that they're coming into and how to manage that and um, preparing them kind of off the field more than on the field. Um, That's obviously different now with the offseason that we're having, but um, the Rams really like to prepare their players. And then I think they sign them usually um, right before training camp and right before they get on the field and everything happens with that. So um, nothing to be worried about. There's a lot of teams that are still not signing their rookies, um, at least not all of them. So nothing to be worried about there. The the rookie contracts are essentially all stru- structured ahead of time anyway with the new CBA and um, the, the rookie wage scale. So um, there's not a whole lot of negotiating to do on that front. So um, it'll get done. It, it, it Usually it just all happens at once. They sign their entire class and, and that's the end of it. They don't trickle in like a lot of teams. Yeah, that, that's definitely how I was feeling as well. I, this Obviously we can't really go into – too much detail on this because it's it's crazy that the season's only two months away but it's still too early to like really make any predictions here i mean obviously it's still going back and forth on not only whether the season will be played which it seems like it will but whether fans will be there which it 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 doesn't you know it feels inconceivable that we're gonna have full stadiums i'd be shocked but at the same time teams are selling tickets Nothing is quieted down, but I mean, like, if you had a guess today, like, week one, SoFi Stadium, do you think fans are there? Um, right now, if I had to guess, I would probably say no. Um, definitely not a full stadium, but um, I, I think we saw the someone in Texas, either the mayor or, or governor of Dallas or, or something of that sort, um, approved, like, 25% or 50% capacity for stadiums, which is encouraging, but um, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take all of these governors agreeing and and approving of these plans with fans and stadiums, which it's going to be hard to get uniformity across the country with all of these stadiums. And 
Uh, I'm just going to guess that some states are going to play more conservatively. Um, obviously, this thing is kind of unpredictable, and it seems like we're getting a little bit of a second wave, and you don't know what it's going to look like in a couple months. So I would guess there are not fans in the beginning of the season, at least. Um, if anything, maybe 25-50% capacity and, and fans sitting far apart from each other, which would be really weird. Um, but I would definitely not full stadiums. I would I would guess right now. Yeah, I, and it's gonna be interesting because like you you can't really t- treat Kansas City the same way you're gonna treat New York, or even right. like treat Buffalo the same way you're gonna treat uh, New York and New Jersey where they play. So it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this rolls out. I I guess last thing for me, and then I'll Johnny, you could finish off if you got anything else. It's very. We talk about this all the time, and it would be a very off-brand if I didn't ask you this. Cam, who, today, uh, we're a little early, but who do you have in the kicker showdown that we're going to have coming up in training camp? <laughs> it's going to be a, a fun competition because you have three guys who are really just relatively unknown in the NFL um, world because they've never kicked in the NFL. Um, I'll go with Sam Sloman right now. Uh, just because the Rams had already signed McGinnis and uh, Ajulaho, and they still felt the need to spend another pick on Sloman, who they showed interest in before the draft. So I'll guess that he wins the competition. He's a clutch kicker. Um, he was good in college. So um, I'll take him right now uh, in kind of a, a three-headed coin flip <laughs> at, at this point in the offseason. How, how do you pronounce it? Hajrulahu? I think it's Hajrulahu. Okay. Johnny, there it is. It. Johnny and I have not uh, attempted to pronounce that name since we signed him. <laughs> that's how I read it. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's what I'm rolling with. I haven't had to say it out loud yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're right, and that that's my guy. I I like Hajrulahu. Uh, he's got big game experience, and you know the second best football league in the world, maybe. So uh, I'm I'm pulling for him, but. I, I'm I'm excited to see this kicker battle. I was so amped when they drafted Sam Sloman and added the third kicker into the mix. <laughs> I, I just looked on the Rams pronunciation guide and he's not on there yet, so um, <laughs> we're still going to have to guess as to how to pronounce that. <laughs> They're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with Austin McGinnis then, since there since we're all different then, uh, just because hey, he he dominated. In the XFL and the AAF, so why not go yeah, for McGinnis? Yeah, if he can kick in uh, in a couple other leagues, why not the NFL? Uh, it's all the same essentially, so uh, a little bit more pressure in the NFL. But the guy was pretty good in the XFL, so uh, it'll be a fun battle to watch whenever that does happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm excited for it, Johnny. You got any anything you want to ask him about before we before we let him go? Uh, I think we we can cut him loose. Uh, I think we've we've uh, played twenty one questions a little too much with him. So, <laughs> it it Cam, uh, is there uh, a is there a player on the Rams that isn't getting talked about that you think could have a productive season? Um, I'll say I'll say Troy Hill. I know he's a guy who a lot of fans have criticized and kind of picked on for. Uh, the big plays that he gave up and really being so inconsistent over the years. But Johnny Johnny showed... was the head of that fan club of picking up. <laughs> I, I really he showed me a lot last year. I mean, he looked he looked good. He was probably the Rams' best cornerback um, after Peters got traded, and um, I think they're going to play a lot of man coverage. So 
that's going to work to his strength. And, uh, and I, I think he can be a solid cornerback for them, honestly. And he's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of passes coming his way with everyone avoiding Jalen Ramsey, presumably. So um, I'll take Troy Hill. I think it's a good take. He, we, we came around on Troy Hill last year. John, Johnny was advocating against him for years, but it, it was hard to ignore last season. Uh, all right, Cam, appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Cam Silva, and then uh, on Ramswire, it's the, at the Ramswire. It's, Ramswire is a great website. No bias here. Uh, <laughs> put out put out great work. Uh, all right, Cam, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? City, home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action! Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.